This is Nate from Van Gogo, and you are listening to Rock at Night. Charisse with Rock at Night, and I'm here in the Shinola Hotel, Detroit, Michigan, speaking with Van Gogo. And we're here, we're going to unveil their master album, correct, tonight. And uh, I'd like to ask the band a few questions. One thing that I've been wanting to know is the origin. Uh, Jason, you obviously live in Florida. The rest of the band lives in Detroit, but it's a Detroit-based band. How did you guys originally get together? I have no idea. Well, I can start on that. So Jason and I were in a band um, called South Normal. It was you know, just a kind of a regional band here in Michigan for, gosh, I don't know, Jason, 12 years? 15. 15 years. Yeah. So... We bonded that way. We had a lot of the fun of the um, the sixty dollar a night hotel rooms and playing, you know, three shows in a row. Yeah, <laughs> we may we still got kicked out of those. <laughs> so our youth, let's say our youth, you know, the the fun, dirty, dirty times, and uh, you know, barely getting paid and making it to the next show. So Jason and I were that way. Um, that kind of got burned out. Our drummer had quit. We went through several drummers. And then, you know, Jason and I, career-wise, started making changes. And uh, we moved. Well, then, uh, no, actually, that's, before that, we started with these guys. So yeah. after South Normal broke up for a while, we said, hey, let's keep it going. I had a cool, I was still writing songs. Yeah. And Jason encouraged me to keep rolling. So we found a bass player through a friend. I think it was a referral, and that ended up being Paxton. And Paxton said, hey, man, I, I know a great drummer, Jonah. And um, we finally convinced him and carried his drum set into the basement in a tiny house out in Chelsea, Michigan. And we started playing some songs. And, um, you know, it, it, it really gelled. I mean, what was cool for us is Jason and I were in a rock band for a long time. And... We didn't really have this danceable feel like a groove. And it was obvious that Jonah and Paxton had developed that. So for Jason and I, we were just geeked. We were like, sweet, we can play songs now. And, you know, I could write songs and people would actually move around to them. Instead of, you know, I don't know, throw up in a corner or slit, <laughs> sl slit their wrist backstage or whatever. You know, I'm not saying, I'm a little bit, we're not that much of a departure. But you know what I mean? It was fun. Yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. And then... um and then, you know, after that is when we moved away and it was a little short lived. And I, I wish we would have stuck with it longer. And I think that's why we're back together. Right. Because it was really fun. We were able to get songs on a you know, local radio right away. There was there's a movement behind us. But, you know, after playing in another band for so long and trying to, you know, make money at it and have it be your career and it just didn't work out that I kind of think we gave up on a little too soon. But that's how we met, yeah. you know. 
it's more of a network. I think that Michigan's really cool because people were really encouraged by I think both from Jonah and Paxson's side uh, how you know they encouraged them their musicianship and how good they were. And I also think Jason and I had the same support from a community of people that watched us and really wanted us to keep playing. So when you have that around you, your fans kind of and people you know, hey, I know this guy, he's free now. You know they broke up or whatever, and they put us together. That's how it happened. Yeah. It's really a network of of all of us. You guys are from Detroit, and to me, Detroit has always been known to be a rock and roll town. I mean, we have Bob Seger, we have hip-hop music, too, Eminem, Madonna's from here, uh, not to mention, you know, also Motown. But what makes Detroit music special or different from other places? What's the key element? I, I grew up here, well, south of here, but I don't know. You, you know what it is? like people have real stories here because you know the the people actually work for a living right like i live in florida now nate's lived down in florida some of us have lived in other places and it's more about intellectual um work than it is about working with your hands and doing things and putting things together and figuring out problems it's it's like a little bit of a rougher life but but a really tight knit community and families and generations of people that have been together for a long, long time that have stories to tell. And the music like reflects that in a lot of ways. I think, you know, there's a lot of like when you really listen back to old records from, and you listen back to like the MC five and stuff like that. I mean, it was like, it was cutting edge stuff, but it was like, you can, you can imagine not only like the hippies back then that wanted to like get a little bit rougher, but, but then think about like all these guys that are rolling off the line that want to go crush beers after they made, you know, a car on the assembly line all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a history here that it's both cultures. And I think that Jason nailed it. It's hardworking. It's a hardworking community. I also think it's cause the sun never fucking shines here to be honest with you. And that affects people's mood and it, it makes you have to have this creative outlet. You know, there's this thing here, you know, the assembly line and us being productive, the industrial revolution, you know, we all go, go through this and you grow up in this and you got to work hard, you know, to, to be successful. Well, as soon as you're done with that job, you want to have a creative outlet and we don't have sunshine. We don't have a beach. We don't have anything cool like that. So a lot of people are artists, you know, they're artists, they're musicians, all that stuff. I think that's a big reason why. I swear to God, the biggest reason a lot of music comes out of here is because of lack of sunlight. And you can put that on paper. And and in Detroit, there's basements. <laughs> we don't have them in Florida. <laughs> that's where you practice, right? You always practice. You have your rec rooms. We used to play ping pong in the basement. And uh, that's one thing I noticed about that. But I agree. I agree with you about the whole factory industrial thing. And people usually get off work at five o'clock and they have evenings free. Yeah. yeah. So they can be creative. Yeah. yeah. When did the music get written for the current album? Two parts. So for the songs on the second side, we're done back in what year was it you gotta remind me i have a bad memory 2007 8 2007 8 so those are four songs from songs we wrote back then together the first time that we hung out that's all right no so the album's pretty cool so you have one side that it is four songs from recordings we did back in 2007 and then 
we got back together here now and four songs are from 2020 so written in two you know 10 years apart 10 more than 10 years apart um but really cool you know the thing about that that was challenging for me of writing those too is that to get back to 10 years ago what was this band about we had a sound we had a vision you know this downstroke power pop in your face sort of but still good rootsy rock um to classic rock and so then it was cool again to revisit that with everything that we've learned and experienced and kind of write four new tunes that are within Bane in the same keeping. That's what you got. I mean, you got a big gap there, but I think that sonically we found, you know, I feel that we're mature enough that we're able to capture what we had a while ago and enhance it. There's all these cool new toys you get to play with now. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't have them back then. No, we can do things so fast. Yeah. It's way quicker. I mean, and we did this remotely too with, yeah. with guys living in different places and also being in um, lockdown. So we're sending, I'm sending song ideas on my phone over to Jonah and Paxton. They're coming up with their parts. We did do some tracking over at Jonah's studio, um, but Jason was remote. And then we send those tracks to Jason. He lays down his part and we did all our pre-production remotely. Then we show up to the, to the studio and part of it, we had to somehow be isolated too, because that was during the pandemic. So there was concerns there. I'd have to come and cut my vocals. I could see you guys through the glass or whatever, but uh, you know we'll rotate around with the producer. Because luckily Chuck got COVID pretty early on yeah. and really sick, so he had antibodies. Not for him, but okay. not, not well. <laughs> luckily for us, <laughs> that he had gotten it early, so that we could kind of individually hang out with him and not worry about it because yeah. he had antibodies at least. So yeah. that kind of worked out. I mean. How cool is it? I mean, you have reflection when you sit in this sort of weird world where everything happened. And the, and the cool thing that, you know, we had thought of and got together was to, to play music again. I mean, you could have taken us time to read a million novels or do whatever, but we did something constructive and creative. Yeah. And I'm really proud of it. I think it's cool. So when, when the first thing that happened, Reese, is we just randomly started texting each other, which we hadn't done forever. I hadn't seen Jonah yeah. in 12 years. Yeah. I maybe had one or two like brief interactions with Paxton, just like talking about music at some point, but, and Nate and I had kept in touch. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. That's, I mean, you guys, you guys get to officially meet him. Yeah. He'll be here in a second. We, we would say this to his face. Yeah. Um, but you know, the other thing about it is like, we so we put out an old track like one of the rough versions of i listened to it today actually and i was like holy crap it sounds almost like like i thought it sounded really produced and big and good but now i listen to it and it really like the drums sound like like a garage recording or something a little more like you know a little rougher like yeah timing wise and everything else and um what's up pax and so you know we we sent that song um Paxton sent me the file. We cross-referenced the files to make sure we had the best one. And then I just randomly uploaded it to all the streaming networks. And when I got it up on the streaming networks, um, got picked up on a couple of playlists. And it was like literally two weeks. We had 85,000 streams or something. And it was like, whoa. So Paxton and I were talking. And it was like, do you have Chuck's number? Because we hadn't talked to Chuck in forever. I saw him on, you know social media and stuff. We reached out to him. Pax actually made the first call to him 
And he was like, hold on a second. Let me dig around on this. I don't know if I still have it. And he had all his computer files and everything else. And literally, there's spindles that have been sitting there for 10, 12 years now. Up on the shelf. They're still there today. Those, yeah. And he reached over the spindles. He goes, let me check one thing. And he pulled it out. And sitting on top, Van Gogh, it was all of our files on the DVRs. That was it. And he's like, I can't. He told Pax, he's like, I can't believe this happened. Like, oh, it was on DVR? Too? They're on DVRs. Oh, wow. He dumped them all down. Yeah. Yeah, loaded all the files onto DVRs. So he sent them back to us and, or, or loaded them up and got all the files loaded. And, uh, you know, that song continued to spin. We had one day where it had 24,000 yeah. in one day, 24,000 people listening Maybe to it. Maybe we should have just left the old I know. <laughs> and, then, and then we made a stupid decision. Let's take that song down. And really. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. But, but, you know, Chuck got excited because he goes, look, I, I just remember saving it. He goes, I only put special stuff up there. And if you go through that spindle, if you're ever in the studio – pull it and look at some of the other bands that are in there. Cause there's like label bands and everything else. And he's like, I just had a good feeling about everything we were doing and I was excited about it. So I just saved it there for, and it stayed there forever. You know, Jason and I, and Jonah too, you know, all of us have been in bands and you play with different people, but you know, hanging out with Chuck and the four of us, it's kind of like a locker room thing. And it's funny. Um, we make a lot of jokes and I think that has part to do with why we got back together and did this too. Yeah. Because once you guys started talking, and then we kind of brought it up. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, it's pretty fun to hang out with Chuck yeah. and mess around. Not not just because he has all the toys, but he's a really fun personality yeah. too. And we all get along with him. You know, yeah. we're sarcastic. Yeah. We make crazy jokes. And <laughs> when five of us can all hang out together and just be ourselves yeah. and screw around and still make music, I mean, why why wouldn't you want to do that? Um, so I think Chuck had a big big part in why we're playing again. Yeah. For sure. So essentially, COVID, having the downtime, that's when everything came together. That was the impetus. And, and if COVID hadn't happened, do you think you would have made music, gotten back together? I don't know. I doubt it. Hooray for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, like, Again, I, not lucky, <laughs> lucky for us, not lucky for anybody else. Right? No, it's true. Yeah, hooray for COVID for that. I mean. Nate and I had gotten back together in 2013 with the old South Normal band and done a reunion show. And it was cool. It was fun, you know, and you miss it. And, you know, I did, I had the accident. I didn't think I was ever going to play again. And honestly, when I was like, let's put the music well, we out. We were preparing to do another reunion show with our old band. We were preparing to do a show with South Normal yeah. for fun. And then Jason cut off the tip of his finger in a boating accident. Yeah. So we had to cancel all of it. You know, we were going to do a show and do something, you know, charitable. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, this stuff came back together, too. I would think if you lose. But, I mean, you know, Jerry Garcia was awesome. But you'd have to kind of do a we weird. Sure, but you'd have to do like a weird Jerry Garcia. Like more like, like the yeah. dude from, uh, what, what's that movie? Well, sure. No, but there's that movie. Uh, I'm trying to. Total, Total Recall. Total Recall where the guy pulls out, you know, and he says he's a mutant, too. That's yeah. what you look You know? Yeah, that's the claw, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it is impressive. He played really well, Jason, with, you know, with a graft yeah. finger. It sounds cool. It's going to be your signature thing. They'll always be like a little <laughs> on certain notes. I'll be like, oh, that's shallower. I can tell because I can tell he's missing his finger. <laughs> you could you could play on a Britney Spears record and you'll still hear your solo. Oh, that's shallower. It's signature. <laughs> 
It's that finger tone that comes off. Like One burning question that I have is now that you have an album and hopefully COVID will be over soon, we're all getting vaccinated. Are you going to have a live show when and where? Where we don't know. I mean, and I briefly talked to you guys about that before that. I mean, I don't feel comfortable getting out there until, you know, the whole nation as a whole is ready to do it. Right. So. There's a lot of people, I think, that rely on that income, and I, I don't, you know, disrespect them for what they're doing, that they're pushing out and doing shows already in some states and stuff like that. I, I get it. You know, my brother is one of those people. You know, he's a utility musician and plays with different bands, and they're going out and playing. But I don't think that we can make those plans until it's truly, you know, it's not a political thing. It's not anything like that. It's about being safe. It's following science, and that's what I want to back up. So when that's clear and we feel like everyone is out there living closer to normal, where I can feel comfortable playing on a stage where everyone there is safe, then we'll talk about that. But until then, I, I you know, I, I just don't want to do it morally. I mean, that's me. I think we're kind of on the same page. Have you yeah. thought about other ways to engage an audience that otherwise might be seeing each other? Exactly, yeah. So we've talked because I think we're all itching now. Like we've written these songs in a way that we never have before. We used to grind this stuff out in the basement and then we would like literally sit and play with a click track to find the perfect tempo. And then we go in the studio and we cut the tracks. Now, right, it's completely different because we've written all these songs remotely. So, you know, to that question that Vlad just had about that, um, one thing we, we want, we want to try all these songs out and play them live sequentially with the album or however we're gonna do it and put a show together. So. We've talked about going to like an SIR or like one of these rehearsal studios where we can get on a big stage with an actual sound system Mm -hmm. and be in a room together for four or five days. We can videotape some of this stuff and we can make this stuff happen. And maybe we do a streaming event or something like that, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you would want people to know about Van Gogh? Your message or anything (laughs) that you would. There's a bunch of shit I would like them not to know. Um, no, listen, I think that we're good, fun guys. I, that's what I would li- like people to know. We want people to come to a show or listen to our music and enjoy it, have fun with it. There's no big message about it is that, a set, that we're all just big fans of rock and roll. And if we can find a community and a group of people that like to listen to good melodic songs, that love good classic rock, you know, that, that straight straight up stuff nothing too crazy we're not trying to change the world i'm not trying to make you change the way you think about anything but to have fun and enjoy yourself for a minute or, or to lose yourself in the music for a minute that's it yeah. we want to be known as a band like that all the bands that we loved they weren't um you know over the top or political or anything like that we just we want to keep on the tradition of making good fun rock and roll i think that's important right i'll second that thank you Okay, thanks a lot. (laughs) You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.